Welcome to the Greenville Smart Podcast. I'm your host, Elaine McNamara, the Executive Director of the Greenville Chamber of Commerce and Director of Greenville Smart. With me is Breck Nelson, Executive Director of Greenville Smart. Good morning, Elaine. Our producer, Deloy Cole. And our special guests today, Natty Hepburn and Missy Deal from New Hope Girls. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Hello. Hello. So wonderful to have you with us today. Um, A little bit of background on your relationship to Greenville University. Uh, You're both Greenville University grads, correct? That's correct. And uh, tell us a little bit about how you came to Greenville. Why? and what your major was, and just, Natty, can you give us a little bit of background on yourself? Yeah, so I think I had an experience, as many other people did. Um, I didn't think I would end up at Greenville. I came on a visit, and I was like, nope, not for me. I don't want to go to this small school in the Midwest. Um, But as I kept looking at other schools, I never felt as at home um, with any other university as I did at Greenville. Um, and I wanted to continue my soccer career. So I came to Greenville, um, ended up majoring in music business and theology, double major, weird combination, I know. Um, and so, yeah, and I just graduated this past May. Wonderful. And Missy, what about you? So I knew I wanted to go to a Christian college, and I was playing soccer my senior year of high school, and my basketball coach called me into his office and was like, Missy, there's somebody on the phone for you. And then he continued to call the basketball coach here, Coach Mo, and I was like, there was no one on the phone. You literally just called somebody. (laughs) (laughs) And so he had me talk to the basketball coach, um, which led me to visit, and it was either here or Olivet Nazarene University, and Greenville was cheaper. So I said, I'll save some money and go to Greenville. (laughs) So I did, and I played um, basketball for four years and graduated in 2016. And what was your major? My major was um, social work and ministry. And you're both still here, lucky for us. But why is that? Why are you still here? Yeah. So after I graduated, I went to Springfield. I was a substitute teacher for a little bit, and then I um, moved back in town to work at a organization called Eden's Glory, which works with human trafficking survivors who are 18 years and older. So I did that for two years. And then I started my master's last year at Washington University in St. Louis in social work. And then I just got, we both just got hired at New Hope Girls this past summer. Um, So we're super excited to work there and being able to work with the Greenville Smart um, space to be able to work from here. And Natty, what made you stay in Greenville? Um, So I was doing kind of a gap year Um, right after I graduated. I still had some things to do in Greenville um, before I kind of got out into the world. Um, And then whenever I had gotten offered this job with New Hope Girls, we kind of got told we could do it from anywhere. Um, And so I was like, well, this is really exciting. And as I was thinking about places that I might want to move to, um, I really thought what would be most beneficial for the business. Um, And that would be where I have a good support network, um, people who are behind me who will help me make connections um, and collaborate with other um, businesses. And I knew that that place was Greenville. So that's why I'm still here. Wonderful. And so that brings us to New Hope Girls. All right. New Hope Girls. How did you find out about New Hope Girls? Either one of you can answer that. It's kind of a long story. Well, we, we got time. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom line is Suzanne Davis's connections. Yeah. 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 Suzanne Davis, um, she told me about it, and I was like, so the, the position that they were looking for was a national sales director, and my background is social work. So I was like, 
I don't know why you're telling me about this position. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am not a salesperson or any or a business person or anything. Um, but she really just convinced me kind of to, to apply because she was like, you have a heart for the mission, which is to rescue and restore girls, um, from the, from the Dominican Republic and, um, and to empower women through sustainable jobs. And so I I have a heart for that and to see women empowered. And then, um, I've done some like entrepreneurial type things in my past. Like I had a cleaning business throughout college. Nice. I did Um, not know that. Yeah, so if you ever need your house cleaned, I can pass it on to someone else. <laughs> um, so she kind of convinced in through a series of just really feeling like God was like, just walk through the doors. That's kind of how I live my life is I just walk through the doors until they close. And so I was like, okay, I'll walk through this and see what happens. And then they just continued to open. And um, yeah, so that's how, how and why I applied. And that was a similar beginning for the story for me, and I'll kind of just pick up. So we, yeah, we both just kept going and walking through and having conversations with people. Um, And then they actually flew us down to the Dominican Republic to kind of hear about um, the New Hope Girls' beginning story all the way to where they are now. Um, And then we kind of got to see ourselves in the grand scheme of the story of New Hope Girls. And that's really where we, I think, both fell in love with mm-hmm. it and both knew that it was um, a mission that we could portray to other people. Yeah. So uh, give the listeners a little bit more of an idea of what you saw when you went, who, who you met, mm-hmm. how the mission started, and what it's doing for women in the Dominican Republic. Okay, so we went down, um, it was like a two-day trip. It was super quick. Um, so we went down and we met Joy, who is the founder and director of New Hope Girls. And they moved down to the DR 15 years ago. And they were there, her and her husband were going to be there for one year. And about six months in, their jobs in the U.S. were like, hey, are you guys going to come back? They were like, oh, we hadn't really thought about not coming back. I guess we'll pray about it. And so they felt like, oh, yeah, sure, we'll stay. And that was 15 years ago. And so he was doing sports ministry. She was working at a school. And about seven years into that, um, they started New Hope Girls. And their original thought was to educate women because the the culture down there doesn't have a very empowering view of women and there was a lot of sexual exploitation going on in the neighborhood that they were working on or working in and women are dropping out of or dropping out of school um like one in four girls drop out of high school because of teen pregnancy so just a lot of lack of education so that was where joy's heart was was wanting to create one a safe space for them to be able to come and then also education So she started New Hope Girls. Somebody donated six months of their salary for basically a brick wall and a mud slab for them to start. And Joy says, you know, like, we would do this ministry in the mud and the dirt, and we did do this ministry in the mud and the dirt. They literally just, like, prayed all of the, like, they prayed the building up into existence. Um, They just waited until they had somebody to be able to provide for, a fridge for shoes for the girls for like literally everything in that home was like they prayed for it and they waited for God to to deliver it and so that first place was right in the neighborhood right in the the muck and the where these girls were um being rescued from yeah they call it the barrio which just means ghetto 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we got to go, and since we were with Joy, she got to take us in. And most of the times, whenever you go to places like the DR or any vacation spot, you're going to the nice places. And so it was a totally different view mm-hmm. um, of the Dominican Republic. Um, and just to see that this is an everyday reality. It's not just something that you see on a TV ad to support a child. Um, so that was kind of where the journey began for them was on this mud floor. Um, and then we got to go through and see kind of the transition between that um, and then New Hope Girls actually sold flip-flops for a while. Um, and this was solely because one woman um, was going to have to make sacrifices to her family um, if she didn't start making money. Um, and mm-hmm. so Joy was like, let's just give her some flip-flops and some shells and she can glue them on, she can glue the shells on the flip-flops. Um, and Joy's husband actually just posted them on Facebook and sold, I forgot how many, a lot, enough for this woman to keep her kids and to be able to be safe and make a, um, an honest living. Um, and then from there, we got to go to where they currently live, um, which is a little bit outside of the barrio. Um, and it, it's just like night and day to look at the mud floor where they started mm-hmm. and now to walk in. Um, it's a gated, it's a gated um, house, and that's where the workshop is and their school is. Um, there's a swimming pool and an in-ground trampoline um, and a place where kids the girls can really feel like it's at home. Um, so, yeah. Because you talked about, um, I don't know if the, the listeners would fully understand, they're they're rescuing a lot of these women and girls from the, the sex trade. Is that correct? Yeah, so a lot of them are, um, well, the women are just women who, as we say, are living on the edge. So mm-hmm. whether that's they've come from abusive relationships or they just are in severe poverty, um, they... Uh, just need sustainable work so they don't have to go into that. Maybe some of them are recovering from that. Right. Uh, the women who are in the who are working, and then our girls. Yeah, some of them have experienced um, human trafficking, um, but then we also do transit re- um, housing. So for girls who maybe are in dangerous situations, so that they can come in and have a safe space until their mom or their dad have a safe space for them to be in, so we can house them for a few months so that they don't. Um, have to go into that place. Um, and then we also still have a work or a um, outreach in the old barrio in our first home. And we serve 110 girls every week um, from the barrio in the neighborhood in La Vega. And so they, so we have girls who, um, that is mainly our preventative care to prevent them from having to um, go into human trafficking. Or if a girl is missing on like a given week or whatever, then our um, the person who is there can like go in and check in her, like, hey, what happened to this girl? Um, so it's definitely a ministry surrounding surrounding human trafficking, whether we're serving girls who have been human trafficked or trying to prevent that from happening. Um, I've heard you use the word sustainability a couple of times. Can you tell me how New Hope Girls is sus- sustaining their ministry to these women and and helping these women? So, yeah, the main way that we are, like, financially sustainable is the um, the women in the workshop, they make these beautiful bags, whether it's they have, like, little pouches that, like, fit your 
they can be like makeup bags or pencil bags all the way up to like a really big tote so like you can take to the beach or it's like an overnight bag and so this workshop is made of like three different um what are they called like storage shipping containers yeah um that they have made in um and kind of the growth that they're hoping to see out of it they were made on a foundation where they can stack them on top of each other um so they were wanting to grow Mm -hmm. Um, And one way that we are growing is through being able to sell the bags and get the mission across, which is kind of where me and Missy came in um, to the ministry at, is trying to get the bags all the way across the United States um, in one form Mm -hmm. or another. And the women, like, love their job. Like, there's 10 women right now, and they talk about it as, like, a double-edged sword is how they describe their their work because it's not only yes the money goes back all of the money goes directly back to fund the safe home and then to employ them and but so they're like it's really cool that we get to help transform these girls lives who are living here but they're like but it's also it's changing our lives and therefore it's changing our children's lives and it's changing our neighborhood's lives because if you have one woman in your neighborhood who believes that she does have a voice to believe that she can speak out when things are not going right or when a child is being um, abused or whatever because she has that voice, she can bring other women around her in her community who said, oh, there's something different about her. That person lives in this space, but they're not of the barrio. Um, so bringing the hope to them. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. So they really love their job. Yeah, and, there's a waiting list yeah. to work for New Hope Girls. So that's why um, it is important that we keep on the U.S. side, we keep selling and trying mm-hmm. to get more money so we can add on to that workshop and hire more women to empower other women. Yeah. Right now there's, like I said, 10 women. And Wanda, she's the director of the workshop, and she dreams that every woman who currently is in the workshop will have their will lead their own workshop. She's like, I'm training all of these ladies to be, ma- to be managers of their own workshop. So that's 100 women right there. And that would transform, like, so many communities. Yeah, and then so on and so forth. They can grow and grow and grow. Now, there's a connection with Vera Bradley um, and the two of you and the bags. And do you know how that started? Yeah, so through connections, again, Joy had someone who was um, at a conference, um, and he had called her, and he was like, hey, the CEO of Vera Bradley is here. Can I connect the two of you? Um, and Joy described it, and Rob Wallstrom, the CEO of Vera Bradley, described it as this crazy guy just, like, flagging him down, waving at him in the middle of this, like, vendor fair. Um, and Rob was like, I don't know what that guy's doing, but I want to know. So he kind of went over and heard what was happening, and Rob was like, yeah, this is very interesting. Um, it would be hard because we're both selling kind of the same product. Um, but he went down to the DR, and as we did, our lives were changed and his life was changed whenever Mm -hmm. he got to go down and meet Joy in person. Um, And this was two Two years years ago. ago. Yeah. So two years ago that happened. Um, And then kind of the fruit of that product was on International Women's Day. um, They did a collab with Vera Bradley and New Hope Girls where they made um, Vera Bradley sent down fabric to the DR for the women to sew. Um, And they posted it on New Hope Girls websites, or yeah, on websites, and then also on Vera Bradley's and actually sold it in some Vera Bradley stores. Um, And so it kind of got the name more out 
Um, and this product was heavily sought. It sold out in the first, like, four hours yeah. of it being posted. Um, so, yeah, they're going to continue to do that every year um, and just kind of, through that connection, make more connections. Um, yeah. Yeah, Rob is an amazing person. You know, I've noticed these bags, looking at them, they're, they're really high quality. Um, can you talk a little bit about how the girls down there make them? Or, or is it handmade, machine? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they got um, industrial sewing machines, I think like a year ago. Yeah. I think with Vera Bradley, kind of supported getting them. They had sewing machines, but as they described them, the old sewing machines were like machines that you would fix your panties with. (laughs) 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 And so they were like, we got, they were like, we prayed over the machines, like to get new machines. And then when we got there, Wanda was like, I wanted to sleep with the machines. (laughs) 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 So they they just made their work. So much easier. They went from having seven girls, like seven women, making um, 200 products a week to now they have 10 women making 400 products a week. So just, I mean, yes, they had three more women join them, but also just like the ease of having a better sewing machine. And all of the material is from um, End of Spools. I don't know, you maybe understand that better. (laughs) Yeah, so there is a woman in the DR who gets... A bunch of fabric from Australia, I believe, or Spain, one of the two. Um, and she gets the end of spools that have been made for couches or industrial houseware um, or just random things. Um, and Joy goes in and buys about 75% of her stock each time. Um, so that is also something that's kind of cool because without Joy buying it, it would probably just be thrown away mm-hmm. or used for something that wasn't useful um and plus it empowers the woman who buys the fabric to know that she has somebody that's gonna help her keep her business um so yeah as you look at the totes or the clutches or whatever on the website you'll see that most of them are we call them carpet totes or clutches or pouches um and so they're thicker and they're durable Mm -hmm. um and they all have really cool textures that come with them yeah it's there's so many different fabrics because she just goes in and picks them. So, like, once that style is gone, it's like, well, it's probably gone forever. So it's kind of, yeah, there you go. One of a kind. You yeah. get one, and there's no other one like it. You're not yeah. going to run into your friend that's got the exact yeah. same bag. My mom actually, last time I was home, wanted to buy one of the styles, but she didn't. And then she called me last night, and we were talking. She's like, oh, I think I want to buy that one. I was like, Mom, I just sold it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, and, ha- it's, and it's not on the website anymore. So I was like, really, it's like you should buy it if you want it. That happened to me, too, with yeah. that clutch. Yeah, so we'll have to look. <laughs> and he's giving me that, yeah, you should have bought it sooner. <laughs> I and, know. <laughs> and people have commented to me like, oh, this is like a lot better quality than I thought it would be. Because I think sometimes coming from like third world countries. You think like, it's going to be that vacation yeah, flimsy, store. Yeah. Right. But it's not. It's like it's high quality material. It's like high quality like sewing jobs. And it's not outrageously expensive. So no. Then again, too, mm-hmm. with the prices, you would think that they would be flimsy and, and low quality, mm-hmm. but they're not at all. And so you've been uh, talking to with people, possible vendors, mm-hmm. um, possible you have some influencers out there. You want yes. to talk a little bit about the people that you're starting to work with? Yeah, so one of the ways to get involved um, is either becoming an advocate or an influencer for New Hope Girls. Um, And what this does, we actually were excited right before this started because our first influencer had posted on social media with our bags. 
Um, and so what that can do is any advocate or influencer usually takes um, photos with the bags or they have home parties um, with the bags or they can buy a starter kit, which is where you get one of each style um, just to show off to your friends or family or your community. Um, and this kind of just gives you a way in to join the story with us. Um, and that way you have the bags in person because, as we said, like once you see them, you're like, oh, yeah, this is something that I could see myself wearing. Um, and then it also just allows for you to be able to start to tell the New Hope Girls story across the states. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're also trying to get into different boutiques. So I was in Edwardsville last week trying to connect with some different boutiques and on Washington University's campus, um, connecting with different student ministries to go speak at their ministries, um, just sharing sharing the story. Next week, I'm going to Colorado, um, connecting with Colorado Christian University there. And I just started randomly emailing people saying, hey, can I come talk to you? And I bought a ticket because it was $90 and I'm bringing a hammock. Nice. <laughs> I want a hammock. Yeah. Uh, we should have a hammock at Greenville Smart, Rec. Anything's possible. I know. It's where dreams are come reality. Yeah. And, and how are you two going to be uh, involved in Greenville Smart? So um, one of my, like, what I'm most excited about about Greenville Smart is to have a space um, to work together. Me and Missy won't have to work from our front porches on New Hope Girls stuff. Um, it's going to get cold. <laughs> yeah, so it'll be awesome to have a space that's ours where we can dedicate um, time and our efforts all to New Hope Girls instead of worrying about if a coffee shop is closed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also utilizing um, connections through the Greenville Smart Center um, that will help us run events um, We'll be able to have a conference called Joy without wondering what connection source we're going to use. Um, and then, yeah, the event part is a big thing, I think, for us as well. And I think we're excited about the possibility of working, being able to work with students and in that space, whether it's if it's business students or social work or marketing or whatever. Um, so we're super excited about that. And... Yeah, just really looking forward to the different connections that are coming with Greenville Smart. You know, what I love about the New Hope Girls with the Greenville Smart Center um, is it's all about um, connection, collaboration, innovation. And there's a lot of this happening here, taking the local resources that Greenville as a community offers uh, with the university as well. And then launching that uh, across the world. Um, And I love this, that we're helping a, a ministry in another country right here from Greenville Illinois mm-hmm. to build a brand and a product to increase a ministry. Uh, it just it works very well together. It's, yeah, it's wonderful. We're looking very excited to having you in our in yeah. the Smart Center. That's going to be yeah. wonderful. And uh, and it's and it's dog friendly. It, it is dog friendly. <laughs> so I'm excited with a deposit. <laughs> with a deposit, I will pay double the deposit. <laughs> Now, you notice dog-friendly. We did start out to say pet-friendly, but then we thought people would bring just about anything. Yeah. You never know. No peacocks. No peacocks. No <laughs> no, no uh, pot-belly pigs. Um, I'm sure they're great, but, you know, we gotta, you got to draw the line somewhere. Um, I think we should test out some, some obscure questions with these two while we've got them here for future <laughs> podcasts. What do you think? Do you have anything obscure you'd like to ask them? Obscure. Or maybe... Well, I'd have one non-obscure question because I've been asking people this. Uh, 
what is it that, okay, as Greenville University graduates, can you think of one, what, like your favorite thing of having gone to Greenville? Well, mine would be the basketball team. So when I was here, we won a SLAC tournament championship in 2016, and it was our first time ever. So shout out to the GBG Woo-hoo. of 2016. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty exciting. It was really cool. Like, that was super fun because my freshman year, we were not very good. And just being able to, like, see every, like, year we got better and more of a united team. So that was really fun. That's awesome. And then the next game, we got demolished at Washington, oh, no, which wait. was also one of the most fun games I've ever played because it was just so free. And then we had really good food afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Natty? Um, I would say mine had to do with the experiential learning that I got to experience in while at Greenville. Um, so I got to do events basically since the time I stepped on the foot of the campus. And I think that that's how I decided to be a music business major is because those were the people running the events. Um, And I was like, this is really fun. So I I was everything from a fake bartender with fancy sodas um, for (laughs) the Briner Advisory Board um, to my senior year getting to basically with one of my other friends and professor um, put on Ren Collective coming to Greenville. So the scope of what I got to do while I was here just because I kept saying yes to opportunities was really awesome. And I don't think I could have gotten that somewhere else. You know, one thought sitting here across the table from Natty and Missy is that um, the university's goal is to graduate students of character and service. Mm -hmm. And uh, the beauty of Greenville University being smaller is that we get to know the students. Mm -hmm. And we went up against a national headhunting firm who was looking for national sales directors. And we were able to contact Natty and Missy and say, here's this opportunity. Uh, we believe you can do it, and and they got the job. Yeah. Um. And and that's just it's just an advantage of small university with their resources yeah. and and these great students. And Natty and Missy are are prime examples of mm-hmm. what it is to be a, a student, an adult, of character and service. And and um, I'm I'm glad to be a play a very small part in all of this. Yep. yep. As am I. Um. Another question. I'm going to ask you this because I think we should ask. Uh, all of our future guests, maybe, um, as we build this community uh, together, uh, the community and the the university get together to uh, not only build the university but build the community. What is one thing, and I'm talking just, and it could be anything obscure, it could be practical, it could be weird. What what was one thing you'd like to see in Greenville that is not already here? Well, I'd like to see two things. <laughs> okay. I really want there to be a top golf place. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm really bad at golf, and that's the only kind of golf I like slash enjoy. And then a trampoline park. You're not alone in that. Someone told me that yesterday. I don't necessarily love it, but I think I just think of, like, all of the teens and kids that I know in Greenville, and I think that they would really love it. Uh, Have the experienced first kids tell me the same thing? Kids, Mm -hmm. uh, young adults tell me the same (laughs) thing yesterday. Yeah. And what about you, Natty? I also have two things. Um, <laughs> a dog park. Oh, yes. Because I love dogs and I can't have one of my own right now, so I want to go play with other people's, and that's the best place to do it. Um, and then a nail a nail place. Okay. Yeah. We, we have one that um, has just started and it may be growing, so that well, your dreams may be coming true. So I only have one now, just a so. dog park. <laughs> yeah. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. And some really good food places. Some well, more. Well, that's happening. Some yeah. more. Yeah, we're, we're working, that's on that. working on that too. Yeah. So, uh, 
Yeah, well, I want to thank you for joining us. We will be bringing you in here again after, you know, things start up at the Smart Center because you're, <laughs> well, you're fun and uh, you keep us young. So we like that. Um, I want to thank uh, Missy and Natty for being here today. Breck Nelson, thank you for being here as well. Deloitte Cole, as always, thank you. You make the magic happen, mister. And I want to thank our sponsors, uh, New Hope Girls, Greenville University, and the Greenville Chamber of Commerce. Thank you for listening today, and we will talk to you again soon.